everyone, welcome to the Midday Show. We're so happy you're here with us today. My name is Tennyson Gorman. Oh, I'm Maya Vega. <laughs> I'm Callie Henson. And we have a special guest here with us today. Go ahead and say okay. your name. <laughs> Hi, I'm Heather Henson. How are y'all? If you recognize the name, it is Callie's mom. Um, she is here for a special episode on college recruiting. Okay, so can you tell us a little bit about your, about your background? Well, I was um, from Dallas, Texas, and I was a Division I women's soccer player. Went to UNC Greensboro, so left Texas, went to North Carolina, uh, played there for four years, and then upon graduation, I entered into the college coaching world and coached the college level, um, Division I level, for 28 years as a head coach, and um, now have started a new journey with my new company called H2 Athletic Advising. That's so cool. Can you tell us a little about your new business and what inspires you to start it? Yeah, H2 Athletic Advising um, is really has three different parts. It is uh, helping families navigate the college recruiting process in any of the sports. Um, there's a transitional piece to helping high school student athletes transition into college athletics and into that world because um, it is very different from high school on and off the court in the field. And then the third is a leadership component, uh, providing leadership workshops. But today, I think we're talking about the recruiting stuff in sports. Yes, we are. Um, so if you do not know by now, Callie and I are both signed um, to play college athletics in the fall. I'm playing volleyball at Furman University. And I'll be playing soccer at Maryville College. Both female. Sport athletes, collegiate athletes. I think that one might have been implied. Yeah, you know, you never know. <laughs> um, you never know. You never know. Um, so we both went through the recruiting process and both had very different stories and different journeys and different outcomes and different relationships with the recruiting process. So um, hopefully, us telling our stories will help anyone out there listening that are trying to do the same thing as us, um, and we'll get some tips and tricks as well. So, I can start. Go for it. Um, I am the fourth person in my f immediate family, so me and my brother, my, and then my two older cousins, um, I'm so the fourth person to go into collegiate athletes, athletics, and so going into this, I knew what it was going to be like and I had a lot of previous knowledge on it and there was also a little level of pressure that um, I knew this is what I was going to do and this is what I had to do and I knew what to do to get there but it was, the recruiting process was very hard for me because I'm an overthinker, I stress a lot and so it was a very stressful experience from the start of my 16th season, I had my recruiting coordinator, my coach, who's constantly harping on us about it um, so we were constantly surrounded by that Coaches being watched, watching us, and June sixth, June fifteenth, which was it was new a new rule, two years before me, um, that coaches couldn't talk to you until June sixteenth before your junior year. I got I was expecting to get more than I did, because stories that I've heard from other people, people had gotten 20, 30, 40 emails. I got a single email. Um, it was it was from a very high level power five. Division one school, and it was very confusing for me because the only school that reached out for me was a, a high-level school, and no one else seemed to be interested, which was very confusing for me. So with that, I went to their camp, and I went to three other college camps that I chose to 
that I wanted to pursue um, for my college. And I went to the camp of the first school that reached out to me, talked to them for a while. We started talking about um, a PWO position and eventually in about the end of July, they told me that they registered freshman, didn't need my position anymore, let me go. Um, and at that point, I kind of had no leads whatsoever. One of the other camps that I went to told me they didn't want me, was denied. And throughout then, I started talking to a couple, couple schools here and there, and then there was one school that I really wanted to go to that invited me to come on a visit. Um, I'm not going to name the school for privacy, obviously, but um, so I went on a visit. I flew up there. It was It's very north, about a four-hour flight from where I am. Um, I went up there, stayed there for the weekend, stayed with a player, came home, um, and in the follow-up conversation we had with them, they basically ghosted me. We had a call set up and they never answered me and then I haven't talked to them since, which is kind of disappointing after getting my hopes up about the school because it was a school that I really wanted to go to. Um, but moving on from that, I struggled a lot. It went through about two months, three months period where I didn't talk to anyone. And it's really hard in recruiting when you're not talking to anyone because you feel like you should be doing all those things. So you're working really, really hard and no one's seeing you and a lot of times it feels like everyone else around you has gotten recruited and you're the only one left and you know that's not true because there's positions open and there are more positions than you think there are. Um, so I was really blessed that the school, one of the school's camps that I went to in the fall, Furman, um, reached out to me May 22nd. Um, I know this, it was a Wednesday night. I remember so vividly it was right, it was during church, I was in church. I had a worship and as I was going to like my small group, I saw the text um, and I immediately felt very confident. They just said, hey, you're going to Atlanta this weekend, swing by, come on a visit, we've seen you play, we remember you from the camp, we like you, we want you to come and come on a visit. So I went on a visit and within three weeks from the original text, I got my offer and a week after I committed. So I went through a long process with other schools, a lot of rejection, a lot of periods of just nothing. But in the end, the school that I decided to go to was very easy. And that process with them was very easy. And that's how I'm so confident in knowing that this is where I want to go is because it should be easy. Like in the grand scheme of things, like if they want you and you want them, this, this process should be easy. And so um, it's hard, but like you'll get there. And it'll happen and it'll feel right. And if it doesn't feel right, there's probably something wrong. Yeah. Any thoughts on that? Uh, yeah, I think the most important thing is that everyone's journey is completely different. And um, I think even between the two who are going to talk today, you're going to hear that difference. Um, but it's, it's different. Um, it does take work, not on the field or on the court. Um, it takes a lot of time and attention and emails and conversation and communication. Um, to help find your right place. And it, that communication can look very different as Tennyson gave some examples of that. Uh, but I do believe, just like Tennyson, there's a place for every single student athlete that wants to go play college. You have to keep your mind open to whatever that is. Is there a certain part of the country? You know, it, restricting yourself on, on just a certain division or a certain level um, is sometimes hampering because there's a lot of doors that can be open. Um, you just have to be willing to reach out, either receiving the call from a coach or emailing them or calling them. Yeah. But there is a place for everyone. And I think one thing that, this is not about my story, but my brother, the first, very first school that reached out to him, they reached out to him at the end of his sophomore year, and 
that's the school he's at now, they did not offer him until midway through his senior year. So over a year and a half of talking to this school and they didn't offer. And so he was very confused a lot of his process because he's like, well, this school likes me. They're not offering me. He was talking to a bunch of other schools. And he had not originally known this school. This was not a school that he pursued. This was not something that he was super, always super excited about. He was like, yeah, like they're just kind of there. And when he committed and he went, and now that he's there, it was the best possible decision for him to ever have made. And he has, he loves it like so much. There's nothing he would have done to change it. But it's just, it goes to show like, keep your options open and never like turn down a school before you explore that school. And at the point where you're like, this is not, like there was a, I got offered by a school that I knew I didn't want to go to just because I didn't really like the environment of the school. I didn't like the location of the school. It wasn't the school for me. It had nothing to do with volleyball program. And that's when it's okay to be like, okay, I'm, I'm done. Like this like journey with us is done, but explore every school because you never know what can happen. Yeah, I think my last piece to that is the reality is you have to remember you're looking at multiple schools. Those schools are looking at multiple players for that position or on their team. And so that's just a realistic picture. And those timelines in the end have to meet. All the, all the boxes have to be checked on both sides of that. And sometimes it ends up being a, a timeline decision. But it, it's a process where you're looking at schools and they're looking at a lot of student athletes. And the right one will, will surface. Um, I, so Tennyson said that hers like was, I guess, pretty easy when she ended up like Furman wanted her, she wanted Furman. Um, I didn't know if I wanted to play college soccer. It was like my sophomore, junior spring, I was like, I don't know if I want to do this. Because whereas Tennyson got an email or whatever on that June date, I didn't get anything. Not that I was expecting to. Um, but I was just like, I don't know if I want to go play. Um, but me and my mom, we were like, oh, like, let's just look at the schools, look at options. Um, and I ended up going to Maribel's ID camp in February of my junior year. Um, and I hated ID camps. So once I found Maribel and they asked me to come on a visit and I already loved the campus before I went to the ID camp. Um, I was like, okay, this is where I want to go. Um, and then I went back March. So I went to an ID camp in February and then March they invited me back for a visit. So I came, I went to class with one of the girls. I talked to the coaches. I got a tour of like the town and the campus. Um, and then we were sitting in not a boardroom, but like we were sitting around a table and they basically offered me a spot <laughs> and my parents like being college athletes were like, I just want to clarify, like, you are offering her a spot right now. Because they didn't think I understood that. So it's actually kind of funny. I had a spot. I did that, too. On the call, I was like, so wait. Yeah. You're offering me a spot on the team, yes. right? Yeah. And they were like, yeah. Because, like, when you're in the conversation, when you're in the situation, you're like, wait. You're what? like, hold on, pause. Let's, Let's go back. take a second and, like, yeah. what are we talking about again? Like, what's going on? Especially on the phone. Like, my body went blank. Like, I, I, I literally froze my boom. Body went blank. I could feel the blood rushing through my. I was like, wait. Yeah. And mine happened. I got my first offer. I got the first offer I got. I got two in the same day. Which was weird. I didn't get an offer until April, and I got two in the same day. It's the sentence that y'all been waiting for. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And, and then it's like, like there, and you're like, hold on. Did well, I what do I do? It just pops. Yeah. Yeah. Let me clarify before I tell anyone anything. 
But Joe yeah. did the right thing. Re-ask the question. Excuse yeah. me, what did you say? <laughs> <laughs> I think I heard it, but I want to make sure I heard it right. Yeah. Um, so I had my visit at the end of March. Got an offer. Um, there were a lot of reasons I was like, I don't know if this is where I'm supposed to go. I, I was still deciding if I wanted to play college soccer. Um, but then I had some people in my life that kind of showed me like my love for the sport again. And um, we're like... So my sensei in karate was like, I had a chance to go play, I think it was college baseball or like, but he didn't do that and he kind of regrets it. So I was kind of like, okay, like I might as well go try it. Like if I don't like it at all the first year, I can quit. I mean, that, that sucks. But I was at the point where I don't know if I wanted to play soccer, so I could at least try. I don't know. That's what was running through my head. But um, it was also like a financial piece because I'm going to a D3 like private school. So there's no athletic scholarship. Um, it's pretty expensive, so I was like, also, do I just want to go, like, the financially safe route and go to, like, a state school, get a, friend or something, get a good degree, um, so I was also dealing with that, but in June, end of June, end of June, I ended up calling the coaches, and I ended up committing, but, and my, how happy were you on that oh, day? I was so happy, it was great, I was, like, out by the pool, and I was like, okay, so when can I finally commit, because my parents were wanting me to, like, think through things, and they were like, I guess you can do it now. So I ended up just texting the coach. I was like, hey, can we give him a call? He's like, yeah. I don't know. That's so fun. But like Tennyson said, like, I think that, I don't want to say it's going to be easy because obviously everyone's going to have different experiences. Yeah, but I think when you find a school that you want and then if you, if you have good conversations and get to know about them, mm -hmm. then it'll be not easy, but like, I don't know. I had great coaches. So I think that they made it really easy, and that was a big part of the reason I decided to go there. Yeah. You know it in your heart. Yeah, you just, yeah. like, you can feel it. Like, there are schools that I was touring or talking to the coaches, and I'm like, oh, that's that's a little weird. Like, there's little things that you're like, mm. With Furman, like, everything just, like, it felt right. I chose the school before the school chose me. That's same. I chose to go to the Furman camp. That was they were one of my top four, and I was like, that's what I want to do. And it took them a while, but they reached out to me, and it was simple. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, it was well. But I also think that I'm very confident because I'm fully convinced this is where God wants me to go. One thing that I've noticed that recruiting does is it makes you fall out of love with the sport a little bit. Interesting. And it took me. It's taken me until about this season, so about six months, to learn how to love to play again. I think the, uh, the falling out of love or whatever, right, everybody's struggle in it. Yeah. I think that why it's so important to know your why. Why yeah. do I play the sport that I've loved all my life? And then if I get the opportunity and I, I got offered the spot, I accept it, now it's, now it's my why because I still love the game. Mm -hmm. But now, now I get to go be represent. Yeah. yeah. Right? I get to represent yeah. my college because I love it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I want to circle back to that. I'm not saying I fell out of love with volleyball. I'm saying, like, it was just hard to play volleyball for a while because it was like, I'm doing this for an end and nothing's happening. And I'm working so hard and nothing's happening. And every turn I go to and I don't get something after, you're like, well, then why did I go? Every game I play when there's no coaches around, you're like, what's happening? And so it took me, and I noticed I play a lot differently after I committed even last season that I did, because I was just doing it because I loved it, and I was just playing, and I'm having fun, and this season is completely different than last season, because everyone on my team is just there because they love the game, and they're there to play. Yeah, play like free. Yeah. yeah. I was going to say one more thing before we move on to the next question. So, tennis is going to be one, I'm going to be three. Um, 
for me, I knew that I was not at the level to play D1. And then at that point, I was just looking for whatever school and team atmosphere I wanted. So if you are looking, I would say, um, obviously try to find the right level for you, but it's mainly about the right school. Cause like if you get injured and you can't play, like you still want to be happy where you are. Anyways. Yeah, and with the, the whole division thing, I wasn't just looking at Division One. I, I was looking at Division One and Division Two. Um, but I I had a lot more stipulations on Division Two. Like it had to be a school I wanted to go to. I wasn't just going to go to play. It's very confusing. But sometimes they just don't need your position, or they don't like the way you play, or sometimes you're just not the right fit for them, and that's okay. It's not that you're not good enough. It's not that they think you're bad. It's just you might not be the right fit, and that's okay. You know? There's a lot of questions that have to be answered, yeah. right? And those are questions and conversations that are you need to have with coaches to find out the answers to all those questions. Yeah. So, coming from a college coach perspective, and now a recruiting, someone that helps with recruiting and all the things you mentioned earlier, what are the biggest do's and don'ts of recruiting? Uh, the biggest don'ts <sighs> for a parent, I'm going to say, is don't write the emails for your student-athlete. Coaches don't want to hear from a parent. They want to hear from the student athlete. And so one of the biggest do's is communicate. You as a student athlete, I know you have a busy schedule, right? Your sport, your school, your friends, everything going on, but you need to take time to communicate. It starts with emails, then it goes to text messages, then it goes to phone calls, right? And when you say, oh, I'll put it off for, I'll get, I'll get done with it next week. I'll do it next week. That's going to turn into three weeks down the road. And so communicate. That's what they have to do, the biggest do. Right? Yeah. Uh, biggest don't, I would say, is don't just sign up for a bunch of ID camps without any communication from those schools. Right? Yeah. Don't go to 10 different ID camps and, because if you don't communicate at all, even letting them know you're going, they don't know who you are until you yeah, walk in the door. For you. Right? Then you're just a camper. You're not yeah. a recruit or a potential recruit. Yeah. I also think that different sports is a lot different. Because soccer ID camps have multiple schools, don't they? Some. Some, some do. Some do. All the ones. Jack went to, had multiple schools. Yeah, it really just depends. There's yeah. none for volleyball. You have to pick a school and you have to go to that school and hope for the best. Well, that's what I did for Maryville. Like, that was a purely Maryville ID camp. But there's, like, one that um, TSC sent out. Tennessee Soccer Club sent out an email about an ID camp that had, like, a list of schools. So it yeah. varies. Yeah. I see. I went to Foreman's camp. I told them I was coming, but I had no prior communication. Showed up. They remembered me. I was very talkative, very social. Yeah, talked to the coaches. Yeah, there's something that makes you stand out. Then let's think well, about it. Well, okay, okay, yeah. Anyway, they really, they really liked me. Um, but they didn't complete ghost town until March, and then they were like, "Hey, we remember you. We really like you. We just finished our twenty three class. That come." Yeah. So I think going to camps, at least for me, was so important. Um, after I committed, my mom actually made me go back in like September and like stay the night with the girls just so I could get like a better feel of the team. Mm -hmm. Even though I was, oh, thank you. Even though I was <laughs> committed, she wanted me to like understand who they are off the field, which yeah. like you said, is very important. Mm -hmm. You're going to be with them 24 seven. Yeah. Right. So you better, you better not just like them. You better go, Oh, I can love this group. This is yeah. my family. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Okay. What's the best part about the draw? I think I have more than one. Um, but the best part is helping. Helping high schoolers and the college student athlete just transition. Transition from college or from high school into college. Helping, helping them find the place that fits them. 
right? That, it, that it's, it's when they walk on the campus, they have a great vibe to the point that they're now into their junior year and they, they know it, right? Um, but helping high schoolers and college kids transition through this weird time in life, mm -hmm. finding your favorite uh, team, the, the team that is your perfect fit, um, and, and just meeting a lot of different people. I mean, I, I talk to clients and I don't get them all, um, but my goal and my love is to, how can I help provide information that I have as a college coach to give to families? Because it's not a hidden secret and I just want to get it out there. Yeah. So as a college coach and now recruiting, what, at, when you were a college coach, what was like the biggest thing you looked for? Like in a, in a player when you were recruiting them? What was the thing that you're like, yes, that's gonna be difficult. Yes, that's what that's. I want that kid, yeah. and here's why. Yeah. Because um, I feel like you ask coaches this, and they're like, "Oh, you like people like blah blah blah," and they're like, like they're not gonna tell the truth, but like yeah. they always say somebody who fits with our culture and is positive. somebody who's positive goes yeah. to the culture. But like, what is something you're like, yes, that's who I want. My first thing, quite honestly, is somebody who's willing to step outside their comfort zone. That's what I wanted as uh, as a coach, as a college coach, wanting student athletes, wanting soccer players to do that, but also my own clients now, mm -hmm. who's willing to step outside of their comfort zone to reach, to know their why, and reach that at the very end of this process. Yeah. Um, but that's that's it, because if you're not willing to step outside your comfort zone, you're not going to bring all the other things, right? It doesn't matter if you're an unbelievable athlete or somebody who's just got to be a great workhorse because they got to bring it every day. You know, if you're not willing to step outside your comfort zone, the rest isn't going to happen. Yeah. Okay. So, you played college soccer. So, what is your favorite memory from that? Ooh. Um, we beat, uh, so I went to UNC Greensboro. Oh, I knew this was coming. Shout out. Shout out. Oh, I don't know if you know the one. Wait. Um, no, I mean, you, never mind. I'll keep going. Um, so, we played NC State, and when we played NC State, we beat them. Thank you. Yes. Um, <laughs> And um, at that point, the next cycle, right, we beat them on the weekend, and then on Monday, the rankings came out, and we were 17th in the country, Division One. Okay, Whoa. Now I'm being nice on the other one. <laughs> Whoa. Because this is my love memory, not my I hate it memory. <laughs> to be honest. Now I'm confused. Oh, wait. Got it. Continue. <laughs> That's actually really cool. Out of so, if you don't know how this works, how... Division one athletes work, which a lot of people don't, which I've noticed recently. There's power five schools and there's mid-major schools, and this is for every every um, uh, sport except for football. Football has bowl bowl schools and they have championship schools. So there's power five schools, which is the power five divisions, which is the ACC, SEC, Big Ten, Big Twelve, Pac twelve. Power four now. Power four now, I guess, but I'm probably gonna say power four till the day I die. Uh, I mean power. I said power four. Hey, it works. <laughs> Anyways, and then there's mid-major schools, which is everything below that, and usually they do power five rankings, and they do mid-major rankings, and then they do D1 rankings, like total. So having, being 17 and all D1, not mid-major, all D1, right? At uh, that time, they did not have power five oh. indicators. <laughs> then that's wild. So, yeah, so, but, yeah, but even then, so, right, in women's soccer, in college women's soccer, they don't have those separations of their ranking. This is a national ranking every week. It's a top 25. And so, in the top 25 of 300-plus schools, we were 17 from the country. That's so cool. Yeah. But I feel like a lot of people think that if it's not a Power 5 school, it's not a Division 1 school. And that's wrong. It's wrong. Wrong. We still play Power 5 schools who just might not beat them all the time. But, like, Furman plays 
Power Five schools for football. They play Ole Miss, USC, Clemson. Well, just because it's Power Five doesn't mean like you're automatically. Doesn't good. mean they're like, good. Yeah, exactly. When you were coaching at Belmont, you tied Georgia. Yep. Yeah. Woo! Snaps yeah. for that. Yeah, maybe. You gotta. You you have to expand, right? As a as a player and a coach at the college level, you have to play people outside of your conference yeah. to improve, to prepare to win a conference championship, yeah. to get into the NCAA tournament. So you got to play teams and yeah. you know, just play easy teams. But just because you don't know what they are and they don't play SEC schools, it does not mean they're not Division I schools. Correct. Correct. There's you might not know their name. There's a lot of Division I schools. There's more than you think. Um, Do your yeah. research, right? Yeah. Oh, my gosh. That's what my mom said. My dad, every time a college mommy, go research them. Go look it up. Where are they from? What is their population? Blah, blah, blah. So do your research. It's a good one. Do your research. Okay, Tennyson, what are you most excited for? Oh. A quick answer. Um, I'm most excited for um, spending, I think just having a team. Like, I love having a team and being in a team. <laughs> I think mine's the same. Like, when I went on my visit to Maryville and said tonight, we just like randomly walked to somebody else's dorm and they had like, like, like desserts. Yeah. So just the randomly like hanging out with people or just, you know, having that community and family. What are you most scared for, Kelly? Ooh, that's a good question. <laughs> um, the first thing that comes to mind is fitness, just because I've never yes. thought, thought of myself as the fastest or the most fit. Um, so I think that's the biggest concern right now. Yeah. But, yeah. I think for me, it's either fitness or I'm like catching up. Because for me, especially, I have two practices, and then we go to Europe and play over in Europe, and I have two practices to try to click with the team, which is really stressing me out. And then I just, I hope I can keep up, and I'll just have to work really hard to keep up. Okay, any last advice before we hop off, hop off of here? Yeah, I think that um, the tip I give Callie, quite honestly, uh, in the process, go visit the schools. When you start to narrow that group down, I mean, you got to go visit. you got to know what the, the campus is like. Mm -hmm. Is it a suitcase campus? Is it active? What's the coach, what is the coaching staff like? What's the team like? What's the, the vibe and the relationship? And does it fit what you want? So there is that part, right? Where you do the research on the front end, you have the communication, but you gotta visit and talk and have conversation yeah. in the here and now with those mm -hmm. schools that you've kind of narrowed it down. Yeah. Okay, I have one more question. Just kind of something we've asked, like, past. Um, <laughs> Do you know what I'm going to say? If you were a dog. Yeah. If dog you were a dog, be? what type of dog would you be? And why? Yeah. Are you going to take mine? Um, yeah. What? What is? Yeah. What well, I mean, I love my Labradoodle, to be honest. <laughs> Banner is my man. He's my work buddy. Um, and because you know what? He's pretty content. He's got a bunch of energy sometimes. And then he's like, chill. He can do his thing without having to be around. And just always be needing something. He is very clingy to you, though. Well, yeah, but we have this great relationship. So I think I would be a Labradoodle because, like, we spend time together, and I pet him, and I talk to him. Yes, I talk to my dog. Yes. <laughs> um, but other times that we can cohabitate in the same office um, in my house, and um, we don't need to talk to each other, and I get some work done. <laughs> well, thank you so much for coming on our podcast and for. Giving us all this great advice would have been useful about a year and a half ago. Um, <laughs> thank you so much for listening. We hope to see you next week. Um, I hope you all have a great week.